0: We are live. Hello, greetings everyone, and welcome to another Educator Innovator Hangout on Air. Uh, Today is December 16th, 2015, and we are super excited to welcome a big group of colleagues who are fostering conversations about inquiry and its role in building schools as learning communities, or what we might call schools 2.0. This is the second in a two-part series on this topic. So last week we focused on the ways that educators are thinking about inquiry and connected practice together and as as colleagues building schools together. And this week we're going to take our conversation another step, looking specifically at some examples of this within a school and hearing from students working alongside their teachers in creating these environments together, also alongside community members, teachers, and... um, other caring adults in their community. These conversations are inspired by the work that was recently published in a new book called Building 2.0, How to Create the Schools that We Need, by Chris Lehman and Zach Chase here. Um, But this is also historical and as well as emerging work, um, as you'll see in this um, school here in Philadelphia. Um, and is supported in many ways across the country via projects like Inquiry Schools, which uh, Diane Laufenberg here directs. This series um, is also co-streamed today at Connected Learning Taught TV, um, and we send them a special thanks for their support in making this happen. And I'm your host, Christina Cantrell. I'm Associate Director at the National Writing Project, and I'm based here in Philadelphia. So. Um, just so we get a sense of who's here in our virtual room, I'll have everybody introduce themselves, and I'll start from my left and move over. So um, why don't you just um, say who you are, your title, what you do, and kind of what brings you here today. So Diana, you first.
1: My name is Diana Loffenberg. I am a for- former classroom teacher and now the executive director of Inquiry Schools, which is a nonprofit that does work in new school development, school transformation, and standalone professional development, largely around the ideas of inquiry um, and kind of modern schooling. And so that's the work I'm up to presently.
0: Thank you. And now I pass it to the crew over at SLA Beaver.
2: Hi. <laughs>
3: Um, so, my name is Mary Beth Hertz. I teach kids technology and art at the Science Le- Leadership Academy at Beaver. Um, I also serve as the technology coordinator for the school, um, and I'll let the I'll let the students and we also have another um, adult in the room um, introduce themselves.
4: Um, my name is Troy Taylor. I'm a junior at Science Leadership Academy at Beaver. Uh, I
5: am Brody. I am also a junior at Science Leadership Academy at Beaver.
2: And I'm Marcus, and I'm the same as these two guys. He's literally the
5: same person. Yep, the same person. And, yep,
2: Big person. Uh, and I'm Alex
6: Gillum. I am the founder and director of Public Workshop and um, co-founder of Tiny WPA. And through both organizations, we're really lucky to get to work um, with young adults like um, Brody and Marcus and Troy and put them at the forefront of designing and building improvements to their schools and communities, neighborhoods, etc.
0: Awesome. And you guys have done an excellent job of fitting into that screen there. So mm-hmm. nicely done. Yeah. Okay, Zach, you're up.
7: Hi, I'm Zach Chase. I'm coming from Washington, DC, um, but I'm an instructional technology coordinator in the St. Vrain Valley School District in Colorado on detail. Uh, for two years at the U.S. Department of Education currently Um, and as Christina mentioned, uh, the co-author of Building School 2.0 also a former teacher at uh, Science Leadership Academy Center City uh, and before that uh, down in Sarasota, Florida.
0: Awesome, yes, thank you. And I should say that um, there, uh, just for context, SLA Bieber um, is a school um, in, uh, it's in the Overbrook section of Philadelphia, right? Yeah, um, and there's another SLA um, that was the founding school that's in Center City, Philadelphia. I think I got that right, right. Okay. Um, so, uh I thought maybe we could start with Diana, just in this conversation, and we'll build up to um, some of the stuff you guys are going to share over there at Beaver, you know, we'll we'll, um, keep the excitement going here. So Diana, I thought um, you were here on the webinar last week, and we talked about several things. We talked about the role of inquiry in building communities, and schools. We talked about the way the systems of schools. Um, need to be considered to support inquiry and in happening, and then we talked about ways educators work together and alongside their students to really move um, into these practices. And sometimes we talk about leaning into these practices. That it's a it's a process of really getting comfortable um, with some new ways of doing things sometimes, um, and doing that together. Um, and so in the book School Point. Uh, 2.0. There's a chapter, chapter six. that's called um, "Vision Must Live in Practice." Um, and so, if you can help us sort of get a sense of like this will help us get a sense of the book and sort of your experiences in these kind of schools, like when a, when schools are doing this right, when they're they're uh, they're vision is living in practice what is the impact and what does that look like um, and or you know a school struggle with this what does that look like and what's the impact?
1: So I've had the um, privilege of working in a number of different schools throughout the country I taught in um, Wisconsin, Kansas, Arizona and Pennsylvania as a full-time teacher and saw the varying levels of what this manifests in terms of kind of the day-to-day practice. Um, many schools Will have a mission and vision, and it will prominently be displayed on a website and/or a wall. But when you actually start to talk to people about what it is that that means, or where you can, you know, the phrase that that we bandied about a lot um, at in Philly is, you know, where can we see it? Where does it live and breathe on a daily basis? And I've worked with several schools on um, mission and vision work, um, and almost always they look with Almost embarrassment upon their mission and vision because when you say to them, "Where does this where does this live? How can I see this?" and they're like, "I don't I don't have much for you. Um, you know, somebody wrote this. They're no longer here. I'm not sure what that means. You know, there just seems to be, you know, it's just words on a page. Um, when it's going well, um, what it what it becomes is the Foot on the ground, the, the pivot point, the plant moment for everybody in the system to say this is our shared belief about why we're here and the work that we're doing and that every single person that functions inside that community can speak to that powerfully because they see it and um, act within it on a daily basis and the, the the point that I'll make is that you know it sounds that sounds great but you know what is that? What does that feel like? What does that mean? And It's the difference between working in a building with really well-meaning, lovely um, professionals that are all doing their job well in their classroom and working as a team of people really centered around a mission and vision and all pulling in the same direction. Um, the, the difference in those working spaces is monumental, and when you've had the opportunity to be somewhere that everybody pulls together in the same direction, and when they don't, it's palpable the difference in the type of community that can be built and the work that can be done.
0: Um, one of the the pulls that I feel um, when I, so when I hear from you all. Um, at, uh, over time is is actually Mary Beth. You introduced um, yourself as someone who teaches uh, your students art and um, technology, and um, and that's a piece of from chapter 15 of this book. Actually, that um, we teach kids before we teach subjects. Would uh, anybody could really answer this? Maybe um, Diane, you could start, or you know, anybody could really answer this. Or Mary Beth, if you want to. Um, respond to that, just because that's how you introduced it. But that is something I notice in common between you all as you work.
1: I think MB, should jump in.
3: i got to unmute myself, sorry. Okay. Yeah. The laptop is placed, so I have to reach to get to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I um, that's one thing that, you know, when I started working at, well, before I even started working at SLA, um, you know, I used to go to EduCon, and, and I used to visit the school and talk with, with teachers who work there, and it always... Made a big impact on me to hear teachers. Say that. Only ever heard it at SLA. It was like, it was like this, this like secret language that they had. Like I teach kids, you know, and you, and it really stuck out. And I remember when I started, um, we went through our orientation and we started Bieber, and I remember, you know, we talked about that and that like that's almost the purpose of it is to make people step back for a minute and say, you know. Um, why are you know? Think about why did they say it that way? Why do they say I don't t- teach English, but I teach students English or I teach ninth graders English? Um, and so it starts a conversation. Um, and I think also you know t- to Diana's point about mission and vision, when we say that, it's like a reminder to ourselves of why we're here. You know, we're not here for I'm not here for art. You know, I love art, it's great. I'm not here for technology. I'm here for kids. Um, and so it kind of is that, you know, Diana said, well, where does that live? Well, it lives in our in the language that we use, and it lives in, in how we talk about what we do.
0: That's great. And, um, yes, yeah, so I've been to Educon, too, which is an annual event that um, SLA hosts here in Philadelphia that's coming up, by the way, in January. So, um, and you do hear that. And um, actually in the book, uh, Zach, maybe you could speak to the book a little bit, but in the book you talk about how... Um, you know, the awkwardness of it sometimes is actually, like, meant to sort of stop, you know, make us think. But we, what are we doing as educators? What, what is the center of our work? So maybe you could give us some background and talk about the book in that context.
7: Sure. Uh, I mean, it, it's a humanist approach to education, which is, um, I should say, because Chris and I are kind of the first people to say this, we are under no impression that we're the first folks to put these ideas together. Um, right, that this work has been going on for a very very long time Um, and that what we're trying to do is kinda put them together uh, in a place that says, uh, one, that fights against the idea of a silver bullet, right, that it's not one one lever that you pull that, oh look we've we've made schools more humanistic places, Um, but that there is a collection of things that must be done um, or that could be done or that you might need in your setting to make, make places better for the people who are in them. Um, I love the awkwardness. I, I still do it. Uh, right? like I'm, I'm not in the classroom right now, but when people ask, oh, what did you teach? Um, I love it. Uh, because there is an awkward pause and there's a slight look away when you say, I taught kids um, English uh, in high school and middle school. Um, but it also is about kind of putting the human in the center of the conversation. Um, and, and saying, you know, we attend to all the needs of the people who are in our care, and that includes the adults, and I want to kind of maybe go back a, a piece to vision living in practice, um, like uh, three examples here who are amazing. I mean, Alex, uh, Mary Beth, and Diana are, are just exquisite learners in the work that they do, um, right, and so if we want our kids to be doing cool things, um, then there should probably be room for the adults to do cool things. Um, Prior to this, um, uh, right before we jumped online, right, uh, the school district's uh, internet went down. And I have no doubt that Mary Beth had like three possible options for how she was gonna pull us, pull the kids into the conversation. Um, And and so it's just that kind of uh, honoring the learning and the processes of all of the people in the building or the community that, that makes uh, makes vision live in practice
1: as well.
0: Awesome, that's great. Um, I am wondering if you can give us a little sense of the book, Zach. Um, one of the things that um, we heard from Adina Sullivan last week and she's in California now I'm forgetting Mary, um, <laughs> um, Diana, I'll have to. Remind me of San Marcos. She's in San Marco. Mar-
1: yeah. Uh-huh. Awesome.
0: And, um, and, you know, they're working on this, too. So, you know, and as you said, this is not only happening in Philadelphia. There's a long history of this work, you know. And we're also, um, you know, a big thing I think you talk about in the book is this idea of School 2.0. Like, we're trying to bring inquiry into modern schools and schools for today and schools um uh, for the, the world that the students live in and that we as adults live in, too. So maybe you could just give a little background on this book and your intentions with the book and sort of where it comes from so we have some sense of that.
7: Uh, I mean, so the, the fact that there are 95 theses uh, in the book is not an accident, right? We are, clearly it is our allusion to Martin Luther nailing um, his doctrine to the church house door and saying, this, this is what we need. Um, and so when Chris and I were, were building the piece, there are always going to be 95 uh, theses. They aren't the 90. They aren't the only 95 things that we think about education, um, but they are probably the the 95 that, that hit to the top. And they also uh, we were hoping to honor those thinkers who have come before us. Right. I mean, if you don't see uh, the ideas of John Dewey and what he hoped for schools to be um, throughout the the pages of this book then, then we're not doing it right. Um, but it's also a recognition of listen we've had a lot of time to perfect 1.0 um, and if you look across uh, the country we have a lot of schools who are doing a lot of things uh, that, are, that are similar to, to what we've always done uh, in public education um, but it, we have a unique set of circumstances, right? The tools are there, uh, the initiative is, is there, the will is there, and I would also say that in many cases the permission is there t- to try new things um, in, in public schools. Uh, and, and so just kind of saying here's how we are building those things, right? It's a, it's a, it's a constant process. Um, and, and the modern piece is also important, right? It's not building schools that we might need, but it's saying what is it we need right now, right? Um, When talking about SLA uh, as a model, um, that doesn't fit, right? Because, uh, and it doesn't fit to say that Bieber and Center City are the same school. They're the schools that those communities needed um, and and want and are building together. Um, And so in the same way that I wouldn't want every school across the country uh, to be SLA, I grew up in a very small town in Illinois. SLA would not be the school that that com- that, that, that that town needed. Um, we're saying here's some principles that if you ask some good questions, um, you're going to come up with your own unique answers. Um, but if you've asked the right questions, you're probably headed in the right direction.
0: That's great. Thank you, Zach. Um, I am wondering. Um, uh, we could talk about some pieces of the book a little bit more, but I'm wondering, I'd love to hear from the crew at, um, at Bieber about some of the work that you all have been doing and some of the ways you've been sort of inspiring each other as learners in your community, how you've been building community, how you've been co-creating community, and kind of how you've been inspiring the learning you've been doing together.
3: Yeah. Um, so this is. I'm gonna. I just told the students while we were muted. I said I'm putting you guys on the spot. Um, what's really great is that we have three juniors in the room. Our school is being um, has is in the process of being built as a community. So um, we only have. Um, three grades right now and we'll have a fourth grade they'll be the first graduating class and so if anybody can speak to community I know (laughs) if anybody can speak to you know the community building the process like that we went through as a school that we're still going through the ups the downs the ins and outs um, I think that they would definitely be good people to talk to so do you guys what are you guys' thoughts on you know just kinda of thinking back on freshman year thinking about the community how it's grown how the connections you've made like how you've helped foster this community any anything you want to share about that?
2: Um, some, something that that does come up a lot is we just we just came out of the makerspace we were there for three hours um, I don't know last the first, the first time we had engineering last year, we we made tables to put around the school, and it made the school have, like, this kind of, like, handmade look to it, and that, that kind of stuck throughout, throughout the years. And even in the makerspace, we, we have this giant, like, patio thing inside where, you know, we have the laser cutter over there, we have seating, we have everything that you would need to just relax and, you know, think out what you want to do before you actually do it on the tools over there, and we, I don't know, if you want to help Brody? <laughs> uh,
5: yeah, sure. So one of the things that kind of bouncing off what Marcus said, like with kind of playing out what you want to do, one of the things that we thought would be cool to do in there is just have like a wall in there that is pretty much just made of whiteboards. Like there is a, pretty much 360 degrees around you of just whiteboards that you can like draw on the ceiling or on the walls and wherever so that
2: and that's to just anything, a giant to-do list we yeah. have like you know what we want to do next how to organize stuff and you know maybe maybe something a teacher did ordered or like you know asked for us to do and then we just have it filled with stuff we need to do and then like every day we do like one or two things but really it's like it's where our school is evolving as it goes on it's like, you know, just, just like we were we were completely different kids three years ago. The school has evolved with us to be the way it is now.
6: And because of you. Yeah,
2: yeah. and because of this guy too. Don't don't leave him out. Yeah. Or Miss Miss Hurts, anyone here. I mean
5: I don't think we would have been able to get up the actual wall itself without because it's a pretty heavy wall. Opposite. <laughs> I'm just so strong. Yeah,
6: yeah he's I mean, so strong. It's really all I'm good for is <laughs> it's He's My just... steroid-induced muscle mass.
4: Yes.
5: <laughs>
3: He's just, a oh, weight. Did you want
4: to add anything, um, As far as, like, the, the community building, I guess, around the school, it's like since we were, were here since the very beginning, or we, like, helped build the makerspace, anyone who, like, comes in, any fresh, whether they're freshmen, uh, sophomores, or juniors, or teachers, um, we can, like, so, people are always always want to do something in the makerspace and it's good to know that like people want to do something and we can help them do something.
2: Yeah, so it's it's kind of like we're all especially the core students, we're all brothers and, and sisters really. Like these two guys and the guy sitting right over there, the another student, we're all really like brothers. Like I, I love these guys with my entire heart, almost more than my family I would say. <laughs>
7: I have a, I have a, a question, because um, uh, kind of the conversation centering around the makerspace, which um, is awesome, how how, how those lessons transferred, if they've transferred, uh, into your other classes, right? Does that, does that change how you look at math class, or English class, or history, or science, or are those skills transferable, or is it like, this is the only cool place in the building?
5: Uh, No, absolutely not. I think uh, one of the things, especially to go off kind of the idea of, like, how math transfers are in there, math transfers are in there a ton, because when you're cutting pieces of wood, like, it's a flat two-dimensional object, that's essentially, like, you have to do a ton of geometry, and so I remember, like, I think one of the reasons why I did very well in geometry last year was because that was when we were doing all the Makerspace stuff and I was getting involved with public workshop and Alex and everything. And so all of that kind of just melded together at the same time. And now I can, like all of those equations make a ton of sense to me. Still can't explain them to anybody. (laughs) But they make a ton of sense in my head and I can start to like, not only build the idea of what I want, but like I can see exactly what numbers I need things to be. And I know like the value of having something be very precise and to the dot. Like one of... My favorite things I think Alex told me about was uh, when you're cutting something and you need something to be exactly a perfect measurement, you shouldn't use a pencil or a marker or anything. You should use a knife because a knife gets you such a thin, perfect line that you know exactly where you need to cut. So there is no, like, extra or anywhere else. And I think being using math and a lot of other skills and, like, designing stuff to be that precise in anything is really pretty cool
2: and and uh, I'd like to add to that like for, for all of our classes we have we always have a, a project at the end of the quarter instead of you know taking a test or something so um, usually with those projects what what I what I've come to realize is what they're trying to do is they're trying to get us to see the the idea that they're teaching us as a three-dimensional object so that we whenever we make a a poster or now we can really make anything in the makerspace. <laughs> we keep coming back to that, but like when whenever you you're forced to think in, in 3D about an idea, you're able to see it from every perspective, and then you're you're going to be able to teach it to someone else. So really, as as an inquiry-based school, it's it's pretty much teaching us how to teach other people what we know.
1: And then. I'll jump in for a question, and, and Troy, I'd love to hear from you on this one. Um, as part of the, um, you know, the founding class, and being really, you know, part of the, the first crew that that kicked the tires on a lot of this stuff, um, what has been for you kind of the most exciting part of the work, or the interesting part of the work from kind of your own development over the last couple of years?
4: Yeah. Hmm. Um. The most, most interesting part might be, it sounds really cliche, but just like working with everybody and like being with people, like working, even when I don't get to work with people, like I like the most, I guess, in the school, just working with people and being able to like help, or working with Marcus, or working with Brody, or working with Ryan, just to like make something that we really like. I think that's like the best part, being able to physically make something that you're proud of.
1: Awesome. Do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I the guy sitting the I don't know. So <laughs> kind of creeping Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hi. I'm Brian. <laughs> Hi, Brian. Um, yeah, I bet uh, you guys are poets in the way you describe this work, clearly. Um, it's lovely. and. Um, and it's really lovely to hear about the ways that you're making the school together, too, and I hear a lot of pride in, in, in that baking that you're making at the same time that you're making things. I don't know if that's an overstatement, but that, that seems to be felt a sense of that. Um, and um, so thank you. I was also curious, um, Alex, you're there in the mix, and, you know, what are these sort of connections that are being made between your work and SLA Bieber and... Um, the students? How, how is all, 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 all that unfolding?
6: Well, I think first off, it's really um, important to, I think, honor what, what Zach said, and I certainly, you know, I've, I've actually been teaching for, I taught formally for five years, um, just day in, day out in the classroom, and then I've been teaching for now 16 in formal and informal settings in K-12 through 12 sort of situations, and I certainly wouldn't be doing this um, if I wasn't learning every day and, you know, if, sure there's certainly times where due to time constraints um, when we're doing a project either here or with a community organization or something that I might have to have a heavier hand in, in what's created. But these guys as an example, I mean, they are literally sort of showing what's possible and a lot of times we're doing that together and other times we're not, you know. I it. it I'm only here a couple days a week and and I hadn't been here for about a month and I came back uh, a few weeks ago and just there's, there's stuff, there are improvements, there's tinkerings piling up all over the school and then it's even kind of crazy to see like they've been making trash can covers to hide trash cans to make them look more beautiful and the design of one of them, the detail... I'm pretty sure came from a fence project (laughs) that most of these guys worked on in a community in West Philadelphia. And that's not to accuse them of copying at all, actually. That is a huge sort of pat on my back to a certain extent, or I see it as such, and a pat on their back as well, because uh, at least this core team has really been coming out and participating in in projects and communities, uh, mostly in West Philadelphia, But it's amazing to see the type of experience that they have here, and the type of experience that they have in the community, and then how those two influence one another. And they don't take away from each other. They're entirely different experiences. And they will tell you, I mean, one of the really powerful moments uh, last spring, I was a little worried in helping these guys create this makerspace that all of a sudden we were going to lose these guys from coming and getting involved in our projects and our makerspace because now they had the tools. Now they had, you know, skills and they had a space to do stuff. And, you know, exactly the opposite happened. We ended up getting many more building heroes, as we call them, coming and getting involved in our work. And I, I talked to Troy about this. I was like, you know, why is that? And he's like, well, you know, there are two different spaces. We, we use Bieber for one thing and we see, you know, this other work, and this other makerspace is, is serving an entirely different need and it was really awesome to then come back and see how the work that these guys get to do with us and the time we get to spend with them outside of school, how that can then come back and infect a place like this where I'm no longer involved and in a very grassroots way they're building up skills and experiences that even in the best of academic circumstances, and the SLAs are the best, uh, that you can't replicate. And they're, they're bringing those skills back, and they're infecting a school and its maker culture and what's made. And uh, one of my other favorite moments recently was Marcus, just, we were just chatting, and he was telling me about how um, he's having a good time, but he started having to say no to teachers. I was like, why are you saying, what do you mean you have to say no to teachers? He's like, well, they keep on coming to me and asking me to help them build stuff and build improvements to their rooms. <laughs> and um, and that's that's really cool. And that's something that, you know, being a co-learner in this process, like, I wasn't really sure some of that was possible. I knew parts of it were possible because I get to see see it in other projects that we do all over the country but literally we are you know, prototyping something together and we just got funding to expand on on pieces of that and, and they've showed what's possible and that's what certainly keeps me excited and coming back every day.
7: I want to hit on something that is embedded in what we've been talking about because there's a lot of conversation um, in across the country around citizenship, right, specifically the sexy one to talk about is digital citizenship, but a lot of what has just been said is, I mean, that's that's what citizenship looks like in, in practice. Um, one of the pieces that I remember first year at SLA teaching, end of the year, ninth grade class about to be sophomores, and I said, how have you changed since you started here? Uh, and we had students who came to SLA from 70-plus middle schools across the country. Every zip code in the city was represented. And one kid uh, who was um, totally uh, South Philly, which probably only means something to certain people uh, in this conversation, said, I like South Philly. there you
2: go. Uh, right there's,
7: <laughs> unless you know South Philly, you don't know South Philly. Um, said, well, I listened to completely different music than I did at the beginning of the year. Um, and she, and she said, I listen to jazz and hip hop and R and B and rock and classical. And I didn't listen to all those things at the beginning of the year. And I wouldn't have if I hadn't met all these people. And i will go back to what you said, Marcus. You said these people are like my family. Um, and that was a that was a piece that that always helped me know we were doing it right. Did you guys start out as family? Have like the three of you been going to school since kindergarten together? No. Uh, I mean, and how how does a school start that? How does a school build that?
6: Hmm.
2: Um, I don't know. So with I don't know. I want I want to say with Troy, especially because he's sitting right next to me. It was like a slow burn. <laughs> like <laughs> it started where we um well, me and Brody talked since freshman year. Like yeah. you know, a little little bit, and then it started getting to a lot when we started going to uh, I DMD. I my house. And then um, he lives under my bed. <laughs> And then Troy, um, we, we, started this, we started the high school and we, we barely talked. We talked like maybe once or twice freshman year. And then the year after that, he started talking to one of my friends. And then, you know, they kind of stopped talking to both of us. And then we got stuck together. But then we also start. this is the same time I started going to um, the DMD, Department of Making and Doing. And at that time, all of us were going there. So we all became super close because we all spend time with each other learning and then we also spend time with each other teaching and like you should always you should always spend time where you're you're the student you should spend time where you're the mentor and you should spend time where, when you don't have to worry about learning or teaching and you're just friends with someone and that's what that time is with all of us here we we're all just friends like we we don't expect for anything from each other we don't expect to learn or teach to each other We just do with each other. That sounded kind of weird, but you know what I meant.
5: (laughs) I would also like to add on to part of what Marcus said and also part of what Alex said with uh, how he was talking about him being worried that the Makerspace here would take away from kids going to the DMD, which was the Makerspace they were talking about. Uh, And for me personally, one of the reasons why I feel like a lot of us flock to the DMD and not as... Well, not not as much here, but like flock to there more was because there we were a lot of the people who were learning. We had a lot of people who knew so many more things than we did, and so many just like insane, ridiculous things of like how to use tools in weird ways and how to make things work the way you want them to work, and just how to use tools that we didn't like that we either didn't have here or didn't know existed or didn't know what they were for. So, you know, that was why we went there a lot was because they we had people like Mike and Max and Alex mm-hmm. and all kinds of people there who know all of these different varied, like, subjects of ways, like electronics and woodworking, and there are people there who did, like, jewelry making and programming and all kinds of stuff. So we went there to learn all those things, and then we brought it back here and used that to teach a whole bunch of people how to do a whole ton of cool different things. So... Yeah,
6: <laughs> yeah. That's my point. I think one other thing, just to add on to it, a, a subtle point which we may have glossed over a little bit is that um, Bieber is not in a new building. It's a beautiful building, but it's not a new
5: building. It's very old building. Yeah, the place was made in like the twenties or something. Like it's. <laughs> I think
6: it was nineteen
2: thirty four. So
6: there, you know, there are many things about this school that don't match the incredible. Uh, learning culture of the SLAs, and then there are things like missing shelves and missing handles all over the school, and part of what you're hearing is that that the basic needs of the school have been a building point for community. So the making and the solving of those needs, I mean, I I love that Pilla and um, Chris Pilla, who's the engineering teacher, and some of the other students, they created, like, there are some serious lead issues with the water in Philadelphia schools. Well, they created a water filter for uh, one of the water fountains. But recognizing that each one of these fundamental needs um, in a classroom does present uh, an opportunity to build a culture, to build a community, to build relationships, to build skills that allows for really authentic sort of co-learning and co-creation, it's a huge opportunity in our schools that I think that I think we miss.
0: I think that was uh, powerfully said actually by the group, and I think that um, this act of working together is an act of learning together, is sort of a powerful um, piece. Um, And I wanted to, for people, let me just take a moment and say for people who are watching live, um, we have about 20 minutes left to this conversation. It'd be great to hear from you and some of your questions or comments that you might be thinking about. So feel free to tweet to Connected Learning—that's our hashtag—or use the Q and A feature on Google. Um, and we did get a comment just now through Twitter that I wanted to pass to you, Mary Beth. Um, so the question is. Um, was it a shock, actually, for your students to shift into an inquiry model? Um, and the person comments that they seem very at home um, in this space and doing and you, at work together. Um, and so, so how did it feel for you as a as a teacher? And what what kind of process? And what are your what do you see working across the spaces? Um,
3: it's a, it's a great question because this is this. Um, inquiry is not, um, I think Zach used the term silver bullet um, where it's like oh we'll just like give them inquiry and it'll be great, um, like it's a process and as Zach also said you know similar to the Center City Campus we get students from all over the city, they come from a variety of different schools with a variety of different backgrounds, um, some of them have never done a project some of them have done um, you know many different kinds of projects that are similar to the kind of projects we do um, some of them come from schools that focus on worksheet completion or you know read this chapter and answer these questions um, and so freshman year, there's a lot of work and you guys correct me if I'm wrong we do a lot of work supporting you and what does it mean to manage your time what does it mean when a teacher assigns you a project and they say okay it's due in two weeks and then you know and in in freshman year you know by then by now we can say that they're like okay I got this but freshman year it was it was not like that and so there's definitely you know as, as teachers we had to really and this goes back to the some of the conversation before you know Diana was talking about um you know as teachers we talk a lot and we talk about practice and we talk about um you know oh, I noticed this I noticed this happening students are doing this and then we brainstorm and we work together and we collaborate to figure out how we can best um make help our students be successful with this inquiry stuff um, and so, you know, as you're when the students are younger, as, as teachers, we have to keep in mind that we, we have to set up, you know, checkpoints or check-ins or things like that along the way to keep them on track with their projects, but also... One things that and, and again, tr- correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember freshman year, it was like just tell me the answer. <laughs> like the teachers, we wouldn't, you know, they're so used to like I ask a question, the teacher tells me an answer, right? And you and so it's f- for what I the feedback that I got and I'll, you guys can also speak that too is that um, you know we don't give easy answers here in the sense that you know if if I if you can Google it, I'm not going to tell you the answer. You know if if you if you come to me and ask me something that you have and every kid at our school has a laptop. And so, if you come to me with a question that that you could look up, I am not going to answer that question. I will I will say to you, you know, hmm, I wonder how you could figure that out, or you know, I wonder, you know, what would I wonder what I would do if I had that question, you know, to kind of push them into the idea that um, that they should be asking their own questions and answering their own their own questions. Does anybody want to share anything about you? Look like you do. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs>
4: So we have this um one teacher, physics teacher, Mr. Gray. <laughs> so anytime uh, any you can ask him any question and he'll say like what's his what's his go to response? Sure. sure. Sure or that's false or if you ask him something he'll be like uh I don't know, what is it?
2: Well, he, he never gives you a direct answer. Like, what yep. do you
4: think? Like, what do you think? Yeah. yeah. You can <laughs> ask
2: him like, wait, so is is I'm sorry. And it was fine. Okay. You can ask him like, if your work on on your math problem was correct, he'd stare at it for a couple seconds and then he'd walk away. I mean, he'd be really nice. <laughs> and then you'd just yeah. be like, what? Like, am I wrong? And then
4: and and the reason he doesn't is it doesn't isn't to be like I don't know like a jerk. He he really he he's trying to teach us like like what do you think you know. What do you, like, what steps did you go through to get that answer? And why do you think it's right? Or why do you think it's wrong? Or how can you change it if you, like, if you don't think it's right or something? Yeah. Um,
1: it's pretty frustrating. Which is very frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I have
4: algebra, and algebra too, and, and he still does that. And some of the um, the the newer 10th, uh, 11th graders who are in algebra, they get so irritated with it. They're like, why won't you give me a direct answer? And I'm like, it's not, like, he's not... It's for a reason. For, yeah, for
1: the, the, the thing I'll jump in with is that, first of all, um, I've been working on the Beaver Project since its uh, first moments of, of thinking about it. These boys probably have seen me in the last few years, but um, a lot of times don't really realize <laughs> what I'm up to. Um, but uh, I I was on the uh, ground floor of, of writing the grant and doing all the legwork to help, get all the pieces in place so that this school could live and breathe and grow and I'll do all those kind of things. So first of all, yeah, so exciting to hear you guys talk about your school this way. Um, and then secondarily, I just wanted to point out that, that what these guys are talking about and kind of that, that genesis and that growth into a space of I don't know, how do I figure it out, how do you persevere, how do you organize, all of those pieces and parts and that stuff really takes time. And what what I really... I end up speaking to a lot is that in when you get this work right it is um, like building a road not turning on a light switch like this is layers of work this is um, an investment of time this is a big project to change the way that you think about your role as a student who you are how you do that work how you start to own who you are as a student um, and be in charge of that and that the environment that Bieber has and the work that's being done in San Marcos and um, you know the work that's being done um, to build a school out in Phoenix that's going to open up this next year, um, a code academy in Phoenix Union. There is a long tail of work um, and a long view of this work, and these guys over three years have come to this place. Um, but it really takes time. Like it is, it is something that you have to go through yourself. There's no way to just one day say, like, oh, today you're going to be doing this and this and this, and it's just going to work. It's going to be awesome and, you know, rainbows and unicorns. You know, that's just not how this happens. It is it is literally hard, meaningful, but hard work to get to the place that these guys are. So I want
2: to...
7: <laughs> I want to jump in and, and first of all, say I'm going to correct myself because one of the things I've been trying to not do is talk about the silver bullet because, one, we don't really need to build up gun culture any more than it already is, Um, and, two, to talk more about what things are, right? Uh, Like, inquiry is not a panacea. Right? All of these things are part of a course of treatment um, for the miseducation that has been established throughout systems uh, across the country, right? Like there are many things that are that are necessary for this to be successful. Inquiry is, is a piece of it. Um, the fact that I'm sure Mary Beth meets with her advisory on a regular basis uh, and sits down with kids and says, how are you doing? Um, saying Kids' names in a positive way. Like those are all things that are not inquiry, um, but that allow inquiry inquiry to to flourish. So let me change my metaphor. Uh, not a panacea, uh, but but a course of treatment. Um, and let's all forget that I said anything about bullets. <laughs>
3: And I, if I can add something about um, what, you know, going on, you said, Diana, about the work that goes into this, um, I think what's been really awesome is that a lot of the teachers coming into this were not comfortable with inquiry. Um, it's not just about the students. I mean, you, we're, we're, we're learning with the students, and it's a job that never ends. You know, every day you figure something out means you figure that you, you realize you didn't know something, and so now you have new questions and you have new things to explore. And what's great about what we do is that, um, you know, as teachers, we have to make this shift that it's okay to not know. And it's okay to have to, to work through things with your students and to explore things with your students. And I think, you know, that's the frustrating part for the students because they want the teacher to have all the answers. Um, but then, you know, also as a teacher, it's, it's a learning curve because, you know, we aren't the experts in the room anymore, especially when every single kid has a laptop. You know, it's like, oh, you're wrong. Look, Google says this. You know, like you can't. There's no, um, there's no like expert like that in the room. Um, I mean, I mean, the um, and I think that that's something that that a lot of schools um also forget is that, you know, we think about the students, but we oftentimes we don't think about the learning that the teachers have to do. And so, you know, this process is is as Diana said, it's so layered. You know, it, it's not just um you know it's not just about oh what are we gonna do with the kids but like what what kind of preparation do we need what kind of professional development do we need what kind of freedom to do what we need to do you know what kind of freedom do the teachers need in order to be successful in this
1: model and I just before Zach jumps in look at all those questions like those those are all the questions that come with this work when you're getting it when you're doing it well and, and being thoughtful and intentional it just comes with an unending fire hose of questions um, like Mary Beth just went through there. <laughs> uh,
7: so my question is f- is for you guys. Um, your parents, when you started freshman year uh, and you came home with, I would imagine, some work that you were doing that was different um, than you'd done in the past. What was that like? What was the education of your parents around this way of doing school and how did they react and, and what was their... How'd you get there with them?
5: Well... Her- I have a slightly interesting perspective on this, considering my mother is the home and school, uh, like the home and school person, the home and school leader, czar, whatever you. Like.
7: Which is which is Philly's equivalent of what others in the country might hear about as a PTA.
5: Yeah. So she <laughs> runs that whole thing, and so my mom is very heavily involved with the school. She was actually here today and just texted me that she left her Christmas cards on top of the fridge in the <laughs> school store, so I have to get those before I leave. But uh, my mom, like, coming home with a whole ton of different work, my mom was very excited about it, really, because she knew that, like, specifically for me, this is the type of place where I am able to strive very well. I'm good with working with my hands and thinking about things a little bit better than just, like, this is a thing, read it, answer the questions about it, then you're done. Like, write a five-paragraph essay about this thing, and then you will get a grade. And I went to a school that was just that. It was do this, prepare for a test, take the test, prepare for the the next test. And it was always that. And it started to really, like, drag on me and be, like, I just became very, like, done with all of it. And so, like, Bert, (laughs) who, Ryan, who we introduced earlier, I've known him for, like, eight years. He can confirm all of this because he went to that school with me since the third grade. And so... Yeah, we did a whole ton of that, Mom was very excited to see me come home with projects and be very excited about, you know, we did this today, and I'm we have laptops now, and we did all this cool stuff, and, like, uh, once we started with the Makerspace, I got even more and more excited about, like, seeing me do all these kinds of things, Although she was a little bit concerned about how late I was coming home, because I tended to say, uh, to the very edges of where my trans pass would let me go. We had to get eight o'clock passes and everything, so I'd come home at like 10 o'clock some nights, so and I'd be like, your dad came home before you did. <laughs> this is starting to get, like, you need to text me. But, yeah, uh, my parents are very excited about it, and they're very happy that I'm here, and they're, they, they're not even, like, they don't even begin to understand some of the stuff that we're doing, especially with Makerspace and things like
4: that, but they're very excited that I'm doing all of it.
7: Troy, Markin, Marcus, same same thing?
4: Uh, yeah, pretty much the same thing. Um, when I was in middle school, the transition was really, really weird for me because um, when I was in middle school, I, I had like straight A's and I, we we didn't get that many projects, but any projects we did do was just like no problem, and the work was really easy, and I was like, mom, like this is this is some easy stuff. I don't know how it's going to be when I get in high school. And when I got into high school, and I got my first project, from it was it was. It was an eye opener. It was. I was like, oh man, like. That's a word for it. Yeah. Um. Middle school, like, I don't. I don't want to say it baby babyed us or babied me, but it was just like. Say it say it. It, babied. <laughs> <laughs> it, it like, I think because of the people that were like around us, the teachers didn't uh, push push me as hard or push us as hard as they could have. And when I came here, like, my mom was like. I don't know. I I was when I when when I came here, uh I got to see what real work was like. And my as far as like my parents, um my mom was she was pretty she was really happy to see that I wasn't just like I wasn't I, I could I was being pushed. She was happy to see I was being pushed and I wasn't just like Coasting along coasting along, yeah.
2: That's pretty much it. <laughs> Marcus, did you like to add your? Peanuts? Marcus, did you
3: want to add anything?
2: I don't. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. No pressure. It. No, it's okay. Do you want to? Just, do you
3: want to say ditto?
2: Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> same. Awesome. We're all the same first thing. Yeah. Remember.
0: Right. Right. You started explaining that. That's
5: right.
0: <laughs> um, so, it's, it's really lovely. I thought this is a lovely question because I do think that, you know, sometimes we think about these schools as these closed places, but actually they're really like part of a much larger world that you live in that has parents and has community members in spaces like uh, DMD and the Makerspace and, you know, and, and it's wonderful to see the sort of connections between those spaces. And one of the things I wanted to go back to the book about was that there's also this idea um, that was described in the book about engaging an entrepreneurial spirit, which I think is um, is described as not necessarily like you're all ready to set up your own business, <laughs> but that you that you have this sort of spirit of um, creativity and entrepreneurial um, looking forward. Or one. So anyway, that's one idea I'd love to sort of hear about. Sort of your thinking forward, where this is, where you imagine this leads, and um, and then maybe we'll, we'll start to wrap the conversation.
2: You start. Okay. Um, I think I think for for me, it it made me think um, of. it. Uh, how do I say this? I have, like, this, this way of looking at things now where anything I do is, is important, right? And anything I think about, is it has to be important or it's just a waste of my time. Like, uh, Alex here, like, you know, the, the way I see him um, take care of business and in public workshop and, like, Miss Hurts, the way I see her, teach. like, there's, there's just a lot of stuff that, you know, I can appreciate things a lot more than I did when I was in ninth grade and eighth grade and now now i can see all the work that everyone puts into to anything like it i don't know i i don't know if i'm getting anywhere with this but like i i think over time the the way the inquiry based you know learning is and the way since i since we've all been in the maker space and you know we're we've been forced to make stuff and and think deeply about it 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 made me think deeply about everything like even even the thoughts in my own head like i think deep <laughs> Or even think. I dig deeper. 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 Go Go deeper. deeper. (laughs) So yeah, it it really makes me really makes me like see like I can I don't know maybe someone's walking down the street and I'm like I understand that that's a person it's not just you know that thing that's walking down the street and they've done tons of work and they've done everything that they've done you know and it's it's probably more than I have done. And I can appreciate everything and everyone on a deeper level because I've been able to look at stuff in three dimensions instead of, you know, writing an essay and then taking a test and then waiting for the next one. Yeah. I I hope that answered your question. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah. It's lovely, actually. (laughs) Go ahead.
3: Yeah.
5: I think how Alex was seeing things deeper than just, like, things are more than just skin deep. So, like, uh, one of the things was, like, if you drive by a restaurant, like, you have, say you drive by, like, a Wendy's or McDonald's or something, you know what the inside of, like, the one that's near you looks like, but you don't have the perspective of being inside that particular one. So, like, when I look around the walls of my house, like, recently I was building shelf shelves for my mom, and I knew exactly how far apart I needed to drill the holes in the wall to hit the studs because I knew behind the drywall there are studs that every 16 inches apart there's another one, and so I need to drill holes 16 inches apart to get the uh, like the brackets into the wall so that they're not just going to rip right out of the drywall. I never would have even thought of doing that. i was like, hey, just drill them into the wall and they'll be fine, right? That's how it works. It's all just one solid sheet. I was not aware that there were studs behind the walls and there's this entire skeleton behind my house, with like, <laughs> and literally in everywhere that I'm at. It's like this is now. I'm just sitting. I can see through my walls,
3: with
5: X-ray vision essentially. Nothing Troy. Uh,
6: Do
5: you want to
0: add anything, Troy?
6: <laughs> I I one thing I just want to add is that um, I think a lot of what we're talking about. One of the things that makes SLA the SLA is so great, one of the reasons which, you know, I largely moved back to Philadelphia to do my work here because the SLAs existed um, is that the SLAs, the people behind them, the teachers, the students, understand that most of these issues around making a great learning environment, it's ultimately a people problem, and it, it really relies on people who are willing to take risks and people who are willing uh, to lead, we um, were willing to be wrong, and I can't think of, you know, any better sort of collection or examples of, of people who exemplify that than, well, really with Ryan over on the side, the five people who were sitting kind of in front of me, and, um, and, you know, I'm Chris Pilla, the engineering teacher, is not with us today, but I am constantly amazed by you know, his sort of courage to do something that is out of his wheelhouse to a certain extent and adopt something and, and make it his own and then have other people just latch onto that and run with that after that. Um, so on one hand I can give you the example that Chris has uh, truly embodied the entrepreneurial spirit in the past couple of weeks and is now churning out Christmas ornaments and all sorts of Christmas decorations uh, well, to raise space, to raise money for the makerspace. And, that's his own little side pet project, and that's okay. You know, they're I, you guys may be running the laser cutter at points, but that's kind of his own little pet project, and I think that's that's so fantastic. On the other hand, uh, one of these guys' fellow team members, who is not here at this point um, or not with us today, uh, maybe this. I think it was this summer or last spring. Um, I realized at a certain point in the day in our in our makerspace uh, that he was actually making a potato gun. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. I wonder who that is. <laughs> the <laughs> and then I you know, and then I, I looked around and I saw um I saw that some of the, the other team members who were even sitting here were making sort of dungeons and dragons-esque <laughs> devices and weapons. And, and at first glance they seemed, you know, like I think the typical teacher or adult reaction would be like, oh hell no, (laughs) guns, weapons, stuff like that, but actually, you know, we understand, I think these guys could not have delivered it more clearly, Uh, you know, we started off learning about the world by building things, we all did, we started off by learning about things by building them and knocking them down, and, uh, you know, they are exploring their own passions and interests, and I think one of the reasons they do what they do, and they're willing to, to, to work so hard, and we have to kick them out of the school or our maker space at obscene hours when their parents otherwise might think they're using drugs, <laughs> uh, is that they are, they are exploring their passions. And they're getting that mix of seriousness, and then just their own seriousness with, this is a passion of mine. Um, and you know the
5: potato gun, I think, actually led to almost a series of class projects. Yeah, there's, there's now been... a turret in the makerspace. It's actually on top of the uh, on top of the little pavilion that's in there. There's two of them up there. They're pretty sick. But We're that's... also making lightsabers as well. Actually. Oh yeah, and there's a bunch of dents in the walls. Yeah, <laughs> we did accidentally shoot
6: at a wall. But you know, awesome. to be clear, that was also starting to influence Chris Pillow's curriculum in a positive way. Like what oh, I could do this with the maker projects. This is what the students are interested in. And, um, and, it, and it's really clearly worked. So that takes, you know, here just with Chris, you see someone who's put his foot forward, but also willing to step back and look and really listen and let people run. And uh, that is an amazing thing about SLA that makes our job super, super easy um, and makes them such a great partner to work with.
0: That's great. Thanks for making that connection. And we are at the end. And I wanted, um, I just wanted to refer back again to this book as a resource for thinking about some of these things in your own context for those who are listening. And in uh, chapter, it's uh, forty-eight. Um, the proposition of 48 is to instill a love of learning. And so in there, there's a question that maybe I thought we could just like quickly just answer all of us so we have like one last word and then we'll close for the evening. Um, So the question is, what are you all learning that resonates with you right now? And my quick answer would be like the three-dimensional aspect of learning is what's resonating with me right now. Someone else want to go? (laughs)
1: I'll jump in quick, Um, something that I'm not necessarily related to the work uh, that we talked about specifically but inquiry in general is I'm um, constantly this will be no surprise to anybody who watches my Twitter presence but I'm pretty fascinated by data visualization and so I'm constantly falling down kind of the the rabbit hole of of learning new and more interesting ways um, to think about that and how it can impact um, the work for Inquiry.
0: This is popcorn style, so I'm not going
5: to call anybody. Okay. Uh, I guess, well, considering, like, with the projects that we're working on our own, Marcus are, as I said, making lightsabers, so, like, replica, lightsabers out of PVC parts, and I've been learning just a lot of things around that, of, like, how to make something that looks accurate to not only, like, the way it looks in something else, but, like, the Mm -hmm. way that you want it, and using materials that you have at hand to make something look really, really nice, and, yeah.
2: And, um, that's this thing where me me and Brody actually went out of our way on our own um, to, we want to do, we want to make sure that we make something every month that, we're either learning from or, we, you know, we're really satisfied with in the end um, by using the old skills that we had in perfecting them. So this month, the first month, it obviously since it's December, and in two days it comes Al, out, the we, out. <laughs> we had to um, make some lightsabers. Like, there's no way we could have not done that. So right now we're, uh, uh, I think maybe tomorrow we have to go pick up some batteries from radio, sh- I mean, not batteries, Um, Especially. buttons. And switches oh, from wanted, yeah, so. yeah from Radio Shack so we can finish our lightsabers soon because I want to finish them before the break comes.
3: Um. Oh, did I cut you off? I'm sorry. Go ahead.
4: Um, something that I was that I I uh, learned I guess that I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started. I had this idea of um taking old skateboard decks and making uh, wallets out of them. You know, like. And I learned how to use like uh, the bandsaw with that. Like in doing that, and I really hated the bandsaw. <laughs> like I still don't like the bandsaw, but um, I learned how to use the bandsaw, and and I think just that that project. I only made a couple, but just doing that made like made it a lot easier for me to to. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, get over your bandsaw fear. Get, get over my, my bandsaw. fear. <laughs> the band's you in the night.
6: You're gonna make a lot more of it.
3: <laughs> Did you want to go? Al? Okay. I I was just gonna add that um I'm reading Dana Boyd's It's Complicated: The Network Live um, of Teens. I think that's the subtitle. Um, and so I teach a class basically refreshment on social media, and so we have really really. Really interesting conversations about their use of social media and um, and just you know I, basically what I'm what I'm connect the connections I'm making is like we really underestimate teenagers um, teenagers are like pariahs like it's like people want to blame things on these darn kids and you know and we and we I mean, you see groups of kids on the corner and it's like oh those hoodlums you know that kind of stuff and I think that um, what I love about working here is that we give that the more responsibility you give kids, the more they're going to live up to those expectations, and that the and too often in schools we take that responsibility away, and kids live up to that expectation. And so I think what's been awesome for me this year, you know. Um, actually, these guys are both in my, my elective, and just, it's like, oh, can I go to the makerspace? Yeah, and like, I, won't even, I won't even go in the makerspace for an hour, and I just, I'm like, okay, well, they're in there, and they know what they're doing, and there's kids in there they are helping them, and it's just this idea of, like, you know, we, if we set the expectation that we trust you and we think you're going to do awesome things, that's what you're going to do, and so that's kind of my takeaway from, like, reading Dana Boyd's book and just the conversation today.
7: So I've picked up a trumpet, Um, which is completely off the rails compared to everybody else's really good answers. Uh, But um, I was really tired of being a person who said no I don't play an instrument Um, and so I picked up a trumpet. My grandfather played the trumpet or has played the trumpet for six decades Um, and I love the work of John Holt and he has a great book called Never Too Late um, where he talks about learning to play the cello later in life. And I realize I'm not later in life. Uh, I'm later than I used to be, I guess. Uh, And so, uh, yeah, I just picked up a a trumpet because I thought I'd like to learn how to do this. Uh, Unfortunately, I also live in an apartment building, so that puts some restrictions on the when you can practice times.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you everyone so much and thank you to all those ancestors who've led the way to this and to all of you who are leading the future of this and and for being here today and taking the time to be on this Educator Innovator Webinar. Um, as we mentioned, this, uh, this uh, broadcast will be archived at educatorinnovator.org as well as Connected Learning TV and many of the um, resources mentioned will be posted there. So we encourage you to go there and to sign up for future opportunities um, to engage in these conversations with us and for other resources sign up at educatorinnovator.org, and you can also follow at innovates underscore ed. So thank you again for everybody for joining us and making and taking the time and sharing your, your passion and your
2: inquiries with us today. Good night.